And then you wake up and you know, you're like, your ass hurts. <laughs> Reminds me of that time you went to the gay bar in Lubbock. <laughs> it doesn't hurt, but uh, you go to the bathroom a little faster for a few days. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I'm ready. I'm locked and loaded for episode number 11. Is this wow. 11 or is this 12? 12. Wow. I believe this is going to be 12. Yes, this is episode 12. We've been doing this for 12 weeks. And, wow. Um, and I'm, did, a, I'm a virgin podcaster. Yeah, we did not. We did <laughs> not expect to pop your cherry there, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> they do grow back. <laughs> Uh, well, Mike, it's good to see you once again. Feel Am like I red a, yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to take long bit. on this one. <laughs> well, I I think we should give everybody updates. So, in the last episode, we did a Mike and I went deer hunting in the morning, and then we did a post hunt episode. And uh, we meant to come back and do like a second half of that episode after our evening hunt. And we never did because Mike ended up going home. He didn't want to stick around because my mom showed up. And the last time my mom showed up, she called Mike a white devil because of COVID. Why? Because I'm white. Because he's white. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. you're <laughs> white and I'm the devil. <laughs> you, know, you guys had a family situation. I didn't want to get into it because I don't, I don't really fit. You know what I mean? No, you don't fit the demographic of our family? No, I do not. <laughs> kind of. Little like, well, I mean, you guys okay. are white too, kind of white Asian, but uh, I think like the white is like the least of what we are. I thought you were Hispanic. No, yeah. <laughs> not even close. Oh, you're Asian. Yeah. So what would you call yourself? You're, I mean, you're half Asian, half white. Man, I check like whatever. I check every box. So well, your mom man. doesn't like white people. Uh, she just doesn't like Mike. Oh, <laughs> the white adds to it because <laughs> because <laughs> Mike Mike was the first white person that she saw when COVID came out. And, uh, <laughs> It's all your fault. <laughs> so I had to. Uh, so so I went to Bob's ranch, and I was a little early because I didn't want to hang out with my wife all day. So I showed up about three hours early. And yeah. Bob was like, uh, "You can't come in the house. My mother is here, and you're white, and she hates you." And I was like, "Okay." So I had a bottle of whiskey, and I just went back on a little little wow. stock pond. And <laughs> three hours later, and half a bottle of whiskey. It, it turned into a rough, rough evening yeah. for me. I was like, Mike, get here about get here about six six thirty because mom's gonna leave around then, and then that way she'll be gone because she was real paranoid about it. And uh, so Mike shows up at like two thirty. And I was like, what are you What are you doing here, man? What are you doing here already? Oh, you know, I just thought I'd come hang out. I'm like, no, like you don't understand. My mom is paranoid as hell, and yeah, I got my ass chewed like I was twelve years old by my mother. Wow. Oh, you don't understand. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this, but I'm going to do my mom. My mom voice impression. Like, you don't understand. I am a woman. I could, he could give me COVID. I'm like, God damn it. Like, woman, she, you work in a, she works in a hospital. I think my mom sounds like that, too. Yeah. She's 92, but she's white. But I think she yeah. sounds like that. Does she really call me the white devil? Or is no, that just a term? that's just me. Okay. I always <laughs> thought she'd really me. call me the white devil. No, I, I call people white devil. My mother. I've never heard my mother use the term white devil. Where does that come from? White devil? Yeah. Asian women? Yeah. <laughs> Old Asian women? I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. It's probably from any culture that white people have right. invaded and stolen their women. So they yeah. just got called white devil. Yeah. I think American Indians call them white men the white devil too. Hmm. 
Interesting. I think Africans call them. Yeah, like <laughs> everybody does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, do you like introduce yourselves on this thing? Or yeah, yeah. We're we're getting around. We kind of like do oh, some okay. like playful banter at first, and then okay. um, and then we introduce everybody. I don't know how formal this was. Yeah. Well, every, you know, if anybody listens, you know, they know that I'm I'm Doctor Bob, and they know that the strapping young fellow to my left is is Mower Mike. Mower Mike has more of an internet following than I do. I'm at like you know, aka the White Devil, nine subscribers. No, no. <laughs> I just fix lawnmowers. Man. I'm no devil. <laughs> he fixes lawnmowers. I sell tacos, and um, yeah, he doesn't seem like a devil. I just met him. He seems pretty cool. So, yeah, thanks, Charlie. I mean, you know, well, well. So then that let's give us that'll give us a good opportunity to introduce Charlie. Charlie's our guest. Um, Charlie's one of Bridget's friends and. Come to know, I've come to know Charlie the last couple of years, just hanging out with him. Seems like a pretty cool guy. I thought you know he'd be somebody interesting to come talk to talk yeah. to on our he's podcast. All right. He's all right. He's all right. So Charlie's claim to fame is the uh, the head of the gay rodeo. Uh, right no, I wouldn't go that Man, far. He just dove right in. Didn't not, you? Uh, Why not? Why not? Face it first. I'm not the head of the gay rodeo. I, th- I thought about it, but never really took the the reins on that one. <laughs> Well, before we to start talking about the gay rodeo, <laughs> I'd like to jump right into the gay rodeos and car chases, whatever. I have no patience. Mike's in life. a head first kind of guy. Mike, I got a gift for you. So you got a gift for me. I know how much. Whenever you're cleaning out your garage, you find random boxes and you just give me what's in the box. Yeah. Uh, well. So yesterday, Bridget and I were clearing out um, the laundry room because we were putting in some new drywall and installing a dishwasher, etc. And I found a box, and what is in it? I thought that you would enjoy. So here you go, sir. Here's an early Christmas gift. Wow. Um, Let's see what's in the heavy. box. Yeah, yeah. I love gifts. Is this something weird? What's in the box? That's pretty loud. He's opening it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lawnmower spindle. <laughs> That's great. You Brand can actually new. turn it the, the, with the wheel on the ground. On the, on the bo- there you go, and have like a Christmas tree mechanic. Yeah, mechanical. no, it'll, it'll get strapped on one of these lawnmowers. It's got the star pattern on it, five star. It's probably a John Deere or something. Wow. Definitely a John Deere. Yep. So I, I saw that and I thought to myself, you know, I think Mower Mike would really like that. Very cool. You know, Bob, I'm excited after this podcast. I've got a lead on a 2004 Cub Cadet 44 inch shaft drive. Ooh, shaft with a vertical twin color on it. You know, vertical instead of pointing down, it's pointing out the side, shaft drive out the back. I mean, this is a high dollar lawnmower back 20 years ago. Uh huh. So, and he's got two of them, 200 bucks a pop. So, let me try to do some negotiating. Maybe you get a double, a double shaft. No, that's when you get uh, like, hey, I'll buy this one for your full price. But once you throw in one of these others, yard art here. And that way you got parts and then you got, I mean, he's got like six lawnmowers for sale. Oh. So, okay. you know, I might do 500 bucks for the whole lot and uh, make my money back on one lawnmower if it works out. You see, Charlie, all it took was Mike opening a box of the mower part in there. He gets, see how I got excited that's, he got? Hey, hey whatever okay, works man. for you. <laughs> I love lawnmowers, Charlie. That's, that's just I my thing. See. Good. You know? Well, I was just thinking if I ever have a problem with mine, I know who to call. I will give you some advice. Yeah. Yeah. Advice like change your oil once a year. Because <laughs> I don't. Well, the fuel will go bad first before the oil. Yeah, well, I okay. I know horses, not engines, so. Oh. It's all horsepower, as we say. Right? <laughs> Not the same. Oh, I, see what you, I see what you did there. You like I see that? what you did there. 
that's pretty good. So how? F- I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Continue. Can I ask you a question, Bob? This might be you being a uh, educator. Is a horsepower really one horsepower? <clears throat> so there's actually I had know the answer to this question. So there's actually two different horsepower. There's the American horsepower and then there's the British horsepower. Um, and it I can't remember where what they measured against but yes it was technically a horsepower so i believe the british horsepower is 746 watts whereas the american horsepower is 735 watts something around there i'm gonna have to look it up someone's gonna fact check me but and the reason that the british horsepower is more watts is because the british horses were bigger and they put out more power than the american horses Wow. I would have thought yeah. they'd been smaller in Europe. Why? Uh, just because. <laughs> I don't know. They don't have enough wide open spaces. Yeah. Well, I think they were, using, they were using like partly like a draft horse in, in Britain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And um, so it was a bigger horse put out a little bit, a few more watts. But it is actually based on the amount, the average amount of power that a horse can put out. Hmm. Yeah. The, the American quarter horse is from smaller. From here, so yeah, they would have been using bigger horses. So that's amazing. It's like a regular lawnmower, let's say it's 22 horse. I mean, that's 22 horses. Yeah, so that's a lot. So that means that can put out, um, you well, could have you could have 22 <laughs> horses just eat your lawn instead of mowing it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Fertilize so that, that means you could put out 16,000 watts worth of power. Power is measured work divided by time, total amount of work divided over time. Yes, hey Bob, yes, <laughs> shut up, Charlie. <laughs> Now, are these gay horses or straight horses? Uh, I don't know. Does a gay horse have less or more horsepower? More. Bigger's better. <laughs> we actually had this conversation last week on deer. Are there gay deer? Are there gay horses? Do y'all really have nothing to do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, but the thing was, it was, a, it was actually like a valid, valid statement. And I thought it was a really good discussion. Like, could, are, there, are there gay deer? And I was like, well, it's. Completely possible. Why well, would why, it not be possible? Why just leave it to deer? Why not gay pigs? Gay I'm bear. sure there are gay pigs. There are gay bears. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you showed me a picture of a couple of gay bears <laughs> earlier riding horses without shirts on. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, anyhow. So Charlie is... Is a prominent me. used to be a prominent figure in the gay rodeo, and he's been working... He's been competing... In rodeo for how long now? I competed for about 27 years. And in what? IGRA. It's the International Gay Rodeo. Okay. What what uh, events did you do? I did. Um, uh, they, there's about 14 events. I think I did 12 of the 14 events. Um, calf roping on foot, which is kind of a beginner event for roping. You just stand in the box and call a calf and rope it. Mm-hmm. Um See if I can remember all this calf roping on foot, shoot dogging, steer wrestling, um, barrel racing, pole bending, flag race, team roping, head and heel, uh, breakaway calf roping, steer riding, bull riding. And then they have uh, what they call camp events, which is designed for beginners, although you can get hurt pretty badly in these beginner events. There's goat dressing where two people run down about 20 yards, slip a pair of BVDs on a goat run back uh steer decorating where you have a steer in the chute with a rope around his head pull the steer out one person ties a ribbon on the tail the other one gets the rope off the horns and then the wild drag race excuse me same setup 
but you have three people, two, uh, one guy on the rope for the steer, one about 10 yards back or so, and then one in drag, and it can be a girl or a guy in drag, and you get the steer out. You have to drag that steer down about 30 yards or so. The one in drag has to get on the steer and then get it back over the line. It's not, uh, as you can imagine, it's very a very big crowd pleaser, but uh, you can get hurt pretty bad in this, this thing. So. Especially with those high heels. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, ironic. I mean, both Mike and I have been to the gay rodeo. Yes. And uh, one year I was actually the tractor driver for the gay rodeo. Not quite the same thing, but. Well, I mean, you know, but. Well, Charlie, can we can yeah. we wind back on how the gay rodeo started and why? And sure. Of um, yeah, that's a pretty cool history about the gay rodeo. A lot of people say, you know, gay rodeo is not rodeo, but there, you know, out in the world, there's a lot of gay people that are, you know, cowboys and working ranches way back. And so the gay rodeo started back in the early 80s uh, with a group of drag queens that wanted to do a fundraiser for MS. And so they decided to put rodeo on. And as you can imagine, back in the 80s, you know, times were a little different. Uh, That's when AIDS started. Um, So they got a lot of pushback from the state of Nevada and government about, you know, a gay event. And they fought through it and pushed through it and held the first rodeo, which uh, Joan Rivers was the first. um, Master of ceremony? No. um, Parade master? Um, like Grand Marshal. Grand Marshal. Thank you. Oh, yeah, Parade yeah. master. That was close. That was this, this <laughs> right thing. there on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> that was the breeder's version of Grand Marshal <laughs> Parade Master. <laughs> like, what? Anyways, um, and it from then it uh, it just grew into a uh, just a huge, huge event uh, annually. There was uh, in the heyday uh, about 25 rodeos across the country. We had about. Uh, Oh, I can't even tell you how many members in different states that were involved. Every every state had their own association, and all the money raised was for charity, and that's how it started. And it was one big happy family. I mean, I remember going to these rodeos every year, just seeing friends across the country, um, having you know just a great time competing in all these events. And these rodeos would go on all day, as you can imagine. Um, and that's it. I did that for about 27 years. I rode bulls when I was 30, which was actually old for a bull rider because most of those guys are, you know, probably not even 20 yet. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Fractured my pelvis and uh, got into horses after that. And that's, I've been in horses ever since. Um, so so can I ask you, so say if you're a gay guy and you go to a regular rodeo, is there prejudice? Like, is there a reason that you would rather go to a gay rodeo than regular um yeah for me no i mean i'm out i'm open i don't care i'm not threatened by anybody but not everybody's like that there's there's a lot of people in the gay community that live in parts of the country that are still you know prejudiced they they don't want to go to straight events and for fear of being outed or something happening um so they they're more comfortable at a gay event uh such as the gay rodeo um, and in the straight, in the pro world, you know, don't be fooled. There's gay competitors there too. Um, it's just not talked about and it's not open, but they're there. Huh. I guarantee you there. It's just like the NFL, right? You know, you, uh, there've been several outings over the years. We're everywhere. 
and it's we're at an age now where it's a little more acceptable you know not i mean i live in a small town of 300 people out here and i mean i if people don't like it i don't associate with them and the people i do associate with nobody cares you know they got their own lives to worry about but to, like to answer your question yeah there's people do the gay rodeo gay events because they're more comfortable they don't have to be afraid to be themselves um and things still happen at you know around the country there's still prejudice and people get beat up and you know things happen so yeah i can see it being a little more extreme in small town rodeos out in the country and you know you get the group think going and everybody gets riled up mm-hmm. yeah it, it still happens today it's sad but it does um I want to say, you know, like I I do a lot of barrel racing um, and I don't know, the people that I know that I associate with, everybody's just pretty cool. Everybody just wants to go out and have a good time. And I've never, ever experienced any prejudice towards me, but I have friends that have, you know, and I don't know if that's just the way I carry myself. I don't hide anything. And if anybody asks me, I'll tell them. Um, And. So I, I, I don't know the dynamics there, but um, I, I do know people who have had issues and want to stay closeted or just stay in the gay community, the gay events. That's the way it is. You know, one time I went to a gay bar and I felt discriminated against. Was it the one in Lubbock over on 4th? Actually, you know, no, that one was always very well. I don't even know these bars, guys. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've been to that one. Yeah. You know about, yeah, Luxor and Lovett used to have a great time. But what you said, yeah, I believe, I bet you were because it was, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny because, like, I walk in and it was almost as if, you know, the music stopped, like the, the record just like, the music stops, everybody stares. I'm like, hey, man, it's cool. Like, I'm yeah. here with some friends. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. bother me. But I've got a great gay bar story. Do you? So we were out. I used to live in California. And we found out that back, this was 15 years ago, Merle Haggard, for some reason, was going to play in West Hollywood. I don't know if it was a joke, but uh, he didn't show up. Nothing happened. So we're out in West Hollywood. I was like, oh, there's a bar right here. So we roll into the bar. And I didn't know anything about West Hollywood, like what it Oh, I lived in California in LA for 20 years. Yeah. And we go to the swanky bar. And the first thing I remember, I went up and I tried to order a beer like, oh, we don't, we don't serve beer here. You know, you know gay people don't even use the word swanky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I get my cocktail and uh, I look around and the place is all couches. I'm like, well, that's odd. Then we pull up and I'm, I'm sitting on this couch and I'm looking around. And all I see is gay, like guys, but they're all like super fit, good looking guys. I'm like, what? This is just different. I was like, Meredith, why are all these guys such good shape? <laughs> She's like, you're at a gay bar. And I was like 24. And, you know, I wasn't as comfortable with myself as I am now. It was a, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. No, everybody's super cool. They're, they're, they're definitely much more friendly than a, a regular yeah. bar. Yeah. yeah, but what what you were saying about you know the you felt discriminated against that that there's some truth to that you know because oh, yeah. within every ethnic group or gay community we are our own biggest bigots 
Oh, yeah. You know, right. like in the gay community, you have drag queens and you have transgender and you have lesbians and you have gay guys. And, you know, you start breaking it down. There's, you know, lesbians that hate men. There's guys that hate women. There's everybody, you know, guys and people, just people that hate drag queens or don't understand trans transgenders. And so, you know, when you break it down, we all have our own prejudice within our own community, which is to me, I just... I have some friends that I know that were that went through the whole transgender thing and I didn't get it but then I thought well it's not for me to get I just have to know that person and support that person cuz imagine in your head what they're going through which I really can't wrap my head around so that's not for me to understand it's just for me to accept them yeah, I mean, so we we are our own bigots within our own community so I can see how that could have happened to you Yeah and but at the same time, I went up and ordered a beer from the bartender and like gave a $5 tip. And after that, everything was fine. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, thanks, man. Thanks We're hoes. Yeah. Money talks. <laughs> like, then like the look on the bartender's face when I, when I tipped I, after just buying one drink, it was just like, oh, I got you, honey. Like, cool. <laughs> Here we go. Went order a shot. It was like the biggest shot I'd ever seen in my life. You know. So it was, it was exciting stuff. That was a where was that? That was like in Dallas. Can't remember what it's called. It's called yeah, like but the, that could, that could be any bartender though. You can go to any club. bar and you tip any bartender good. They're gonna. I got you, honey. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> As you put it, that's true. But would another man do that to me if it wasn't in a gay bar? Oh, he might not say I got you, honey, but he got you. <laughs> Right. Oh, but just... I, I want to hear the honey part. Oh. I, I want to feel appreciated here. Well, yeah, if you're gonna go roll in there, I mean, you, you got to be strutting a little bit. And I was. Let me tell you what. I bet you'd be pretty popular in a gay bar. Oh, you know, you probably. Got, you got that beef, you know. Yeah. You think I do all right? <laughs> I think you do pretty good. We'll run around and like, hey, I don't know. The bears you showed me earlier, they they weren't very hairy. Like I'm kind of a hairy guy. Uh, the one was. Would I need to like? I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't been to a, <laughs> I live out in the country. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Charlie's starting to blush now. <laughs> yeah. Like, my straight friends are more gay than me. <laughs> God. What do you think, Charlie? Like, do I need to go shave chest or no shave chest? I particularly don't uh, like shaving. Guys your chest shave. or another guy's chest? Well, I'm not going to shave your chest or another okay. guy's chest. Right. But I, I think. Even the dates to me, that's just too much work. Oh, that's just too okay. much effort. All right. So just be natural, unless you got like one hair on your left nipple, and that's all you got. Shave it. Yeah, you got to pull that. You got to pull that one out. <laughs> pull that that's one just out. Too much. That's just too yeah. much. But Can we no. talk about uh, hairlines? We've all we're all sitting here, and we've all got very similar hairlines, which is none. <laughs> right. I mean, they're they're retreating. It's uh, you know, a lot thicker on the sides and on the top. And this is one of the best things I ever did about two years ago. Because I used to try to fluff that top and just try to grow it forward like a little little spider, you know. And uh, it was a sad situation. And then finally, I just shaved it. Yeah. And boy, it was liberating. I mean, it, you get rid of that hair and you just stop caring. It's yeah. uh, an amazing experience. That's, and I was, I've been going shorter and shorter because I have the same hairline as you. And so you really can't do much with it if you let it grow out. you know. So. And there's nothing wrong with being bald. No, no, not at all. No, some women in, in like bald men. When did you shave, Bob? When I was like 16. <laughs> I'll never remember you with hair. <laughs> no, I started shaving my head in, in high school, and then I tried to grow it back when I was like 20, 
three and there was nothing there. So I was like, well, guess we're going back to shaving. Um, I was just kind of get a little philosophical for a second on your comment though, about, you know, talking about hairlines and stuff and just going from the gay rodeo to, you know, being gay into that is like for anybody listening that is prejudiced or whatever, we all have the same issues, you know, like relationships. We all have the same, we fight and argue about the same crap that you and your girlfriend or you and your wife argue about, you know, straight guy is going bald, gay guy is going bald. We have the same issues, That's you know, funny. we're all just people trying to make our way. Relationships are like putting two people in one pair of pants. Some days they fit, sometimes they don't, you know? So if you're kind of, if you're one of those people look talking or thinking about, you know, gay guys or this or gay people or that, we all got the same issues. We're all doing the same thing, just trying to make our way through life and trying to figure out what to do with our balding hairlines. <laughs> right. <laughs> and nobody really wants to be alone. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, yeah. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a definitely a, a valid point. Uh, everybody's, people are just trying to live their life and be happy. And that's really it. And who am I to deny anybody that right? Well, I am the judge, so that's who I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, I understand. Like Mike, I would never like. I don't. I don't care what you put in your ass. So you know, whatever you want to do, buddy. That's, that's Ooh, well. Up to I want to know now. <laughs> <laughs> up to now, it's been exit only. So I don't. <laughs> I have nothing exciting. I'd tell you about if I did. Oh, but, that's unfortunate. Well, I've had some tubes up there. I mean, the you know where they do the thing. What thing? Like a colonoscopy? Yeah. Oh, have you had one of those? You're too young I've had for like that. Five. Really. Well, my mom died at 38 or 39 of oh, colon oh, cancer. Yeah. Okay. So they start 10 years before that. So I started before I was 30. Really? Dude, they cut a lot of stuff out of me. Especially that first round. Really? So, you, so you're kind of used to that then? Going. Well, I knock out. Cut the butt, Bob. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you the first time, you know, that they start putting me under and it's a pretty good looking nurse too. And I'm like, hmm, I'm saying all sorts of stupid stuff That to is her. such a strike, I think. But then right before I, I pass out, I look over and I see like, it looks like a water hose reeled up, like a 50 foot <laughs> water hose. I'm like, oh my gosh, what are they going to do with that thing? And then you wake up and you know, you're your ass hurts. Reminds you of that time you went to the gay bar in Lubbock. It doesn't hurt, but uh, you go to the bathroom a little faster for a few days. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but I do suggest colonoscopies because uh, they cut a lot of polyps out of me. It probably saved my life. The fact my mom died yeah. early, and then I go in there every every couple of years now, like every five years. Really? I think usually when you hit fifty, it's every five years. Yeah. I've I've done a really bad job. Like I haven't gotten checked for really anything, to tell you the truth. And I probably should. Well, unless you have a direct family member that's had colon cancer, you're not supposed to. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we don't really have cancer in our family, but what we do have is like coronary heart disease, aneurysms. Well, I've watched some of those cooking videos in your breakfast sandwiches, Bob. It's a a little bit of cholesterol going out of that. Hey, guy. but you know what? Yeah, this thing. boy can cook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I just uh, I enjoy those things. Those are things I enjoy. So like, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I exercise, I do all this. I feel like I can I can eat whatever I want. And but you still it, should go get checked. I still annually. should go get checked. Yeah. Well, you know, COVID. Thanks, uh, thanks Obama for bringing COVID, for, because uh, 
Oh, that was to... Trump. Don't blame Obama. <laughs> Excuse me. Every... How did Obama bring COVID? Well, why not? Because yeah. that's what everything is. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to go like every six months to get a so checkup. So dumb. You know, get my uh, blood pressure taken and everything. But then like COVID came along. My doctor has not called me in like two years. Dude, just go to a men's clinic, man. They'll check all your stuff. Why? Wait, why, why does your doctor have to call you? Why not? Because they usually would call me and be like, it's time for your checkup. Like, got well, it. Then you're an adult. You're a big boy. I know. Call your doctor and make an appointment. Look, Charlie, I don't need your bullshit. Okay. Right. Why do you put the blame on somebody else? Bob? Really? Because that's what I do. Take the initiative. I know you're right. What kind of entitled adult are oh, you? Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, a quick go. way to get tested, Bob, is to donate blood. They test all your stuff. Really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I do it every six weeks, and it flushes out your cholesterol. It's like changing your oil. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? That's what I tell myself. Okay. I used to do it at Lockheed. So is there any scientific basis behind that statement? Um, <laughs> I'm have to fact It's more that. of a theory thing. You think you get rid of, you got a lot of cholesterol in your blood. You get rid of the old stuff and then your your blood makes new blood cells without cholesterol, right? Uh, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> how does it work? Good it, thing Good thing he's pretty because he sure ain't very bright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, just giving blood does not flush out. It's just, you just keep manufacturing the same shit that's already in your body. Maybe the clinic's going to filter out some things, but of the, from the blood you gave, but, or they're going to test it and maybe call you and tell you, hey, you got, uh, Something <laughs> that's like some eight, that's like some 18th but, century rationale. Yeah, shit. I don't like, think it works that like, way. Yeah, where these like when you get the flu, they bloodlet you. Like, yeah, bleed yeah, you and get all the bad bad blood out. That'd be like a complete transfusion. Well, they did that for thousands of years, right? I mean, there's yeah, something to it. I don't think it worked. Yeah, it didn't really work. Well, they probably weren't taking enough out with just leeches. You know, you those people aren't needle. alive anymore. So, yeah, like George, George <laughs> Washington had like a cold, and they started like bloodletting him, and he died. <laughs> He's like, you know, I don't feel so hot, and this doctor was like, well, let's drain a couple pints of blood, and then he died. For our listeners, please do not try this at home. No, please don't. <laughs> You're donating blood. You're saving lives. Yeah, but you're not like filtering out you're only given like a pint right so that's you still got four more pints in you that have bad cholesterol so you're not really it's diluting a little bit i think the human body I don't think it works that way i'm gonna have to get a hold of a phlebotomist or I think somebody you... and figure this out because i don't think it works that way no i don't think it does either yeah well i'm just stick by my theory till i see some facts okay i'm not seeing any facts <laughs> i'm just seeing a couple of opinions by a couple of dudes <laughs> Hey, it's social media. We can give them whatever <laughs> opinion we want. I'm up to five gallons donated. That's a lot of blood. That is a lot of yeah. blood. Mm-hmm. One pint at a time. So what produces, if you give that much blood, what's producing more blood? If you give a pint of blood, if I change oil in my car and I drain a pint of quart of oil, I have to add a quart. It doesn't just reproduce a quart so of you're, oil. You're or in my lawnmower. Yeah. You, you basically, you're... The red blood cells that are existing divide, and they make you make more red blood oh, cells. Is that how it and, works? Yeah, and they re- basically replenish the fluids with oh. water, etc. They know the capacity of my body and how much to make. The red just, blood cells, yeah. your body, yeah, they don't uh, yeah, just, your, like, your body they don't make knows. an excess. Yeah, your body knows. <laughs> like I do I, know, cookies makes more blood because they give you free cookies, so you eat all the nutter butters, <laughs> you get more <laughs> sugar in your body, and it makes more blood, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's what does <laughs> you eat it either. Cookies and lower your cholesterol, uh, and you save lives. I don't know why they give you. I shit like his theory, though. Cookies. I mean, you you 
give a pint of blood, you filter out cholesterol, eat cookies, get more cholesterol. And they give you free tests, and they test for the uh, COVID antibodies. That's back on the on the test yeah? screen. Yeah. yeah. How are your antibodies nice and strong? Looking good. Mike yeah. had COVID a couple months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Did you get vaccinated? Uh, No. Do you? That's probably why I got COVID. <laughs> uh, well, well not necessarily. Yeah. I don't know. I... I, I used to be hardcore, yeah, you should get vaccinated, but then after a while, it's like, no, you know, nobody should make you get vaccinated because there's so much crap on social media about, I see these people posting this stuff about get vaccinated and stop this virus. Well, you know what? Getting vaccinated, all it's doing is helping you, and you can still get the virus, you can still spread it, and you just may not get sick or as sick. So, should it be mandated? No, I don't think so, but... It's just whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's not like the smallpox vaccine where right. it completely eradicates right. smallpox. You know what's funny? Just because I'm stubborn, the reason I don't want to get it is because they're telling me to get it. If and they didn't tell me a, to get it, I'd probably get that's it. What that's what everybody's that's a good point. That's yeah. I, I asked some some friends, are you not getting it simply because they're telling you you have to? You know, they couldn't answer me though, but I had a feeling what you just said is the reason. Uh, yeah, it's the man keeping you down. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be something for them to force it on people. There's got to be something extra there. I don't know what, but yeah, money, I think there's some money, little money, Pfizer money, money. lobbyists and all oh, that yeah. stuff, and then pushing oh. it on kids. I don't know oh, it's yeah. all tied together. It is. Yeah, there's so much money involved. It's yeah, probably it's it's disgusting. I look at it as if you want to get it, get it. I don't brag to anybody. I have coworkers that you know constantly. Oh, I went and got my vaccine. Like, why? Why do we need to know this? That's personal, you know. If I get it, I get it. Um, the vaccine, if I get the flu shot, that's my business, you know. If you get sick, you get sick. If you get better, you get better. If you die, you die, you know. You, you know what pissed me <laughs> off? Sorry. Like, this is one of like the main reasons I got off of like social media was uh, <clears throat> when all these like millennials and these shit fucks that I just, I, I don't have any way to like describe them any like, other way. I like that okay. word. Like, I think Charlie can relate. Post, post <laughs> pictures, posting pictures of them joke? with their <laughs> no, I meant from your <laughs> posting pictures of them experience with their damn vaccination yeah. cards, and then those are those can slap dicks that got their like <laughs> vaccination cards tattooed on their arms, tattooed on their arms. Yeah, you never seen, seen that? that? No. Yeah, dude, you need to look that up. Like there were these slap dicks that literally would get their vaccination card tattooed on their arm. Like it was that fucks cool. and slap dicks. Yes, I well, remember those. We're lucky. My wife just got back from uh, Greece. She said when you go to a bar or a coffee shop over there, they ask for your papers and they go around every table and scan vax cards vax cards vax cards yeah like it and they hate americans because americans have hard copies and they don't have a code on them and so they don't have the fancy european scanner thing on it i was just like oh <laughs> that, that's yeah. not why they hate that's americans a, <laughs> well that's, that's a just socialist another country. reason <laughs> that's a socialist country yeah and greece is basically gone to shit so she oh, said yeah but have you that's seen why the they men over there oh, fuck God. She said, all covered in <laughs> olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> she said that it's so like what you think. They're all like dressed in black, smoking vapes and like doing it all like twirly and very European. Lots of chitter chatter. I don't know whatever Europeans are, but it's. I don't know. Well, it's Greece. I mean, you know, they were well known in the Middle Ages for their sexual exploits. I think they're, that we were talking last week about gay deer not reproducing. I think that a lot of the gay deer in Greece were able to reproduce. <laughs> Butt babies don't live, dude. 
I, I don't I don't know enough to to argue. <laughs> You're staring at me like you want a response, and I just don't. His have face it. is so serious right now. <laughs> I imagine. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably so. So they were smoking vapes. Well, first of all, that's gay as hell anyway. So you don't smoke gay, uh, vape, do you, no, Charlie? No, I'm, I'm not that gay. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I realize vapes are a gay thing. Yeah, I didn't either. Well, it is now. I see some pretty dumb straight people vaping. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like Giving them a bad name, huh? Well, speaking of gayness, uh, Bob, let's talk about what you're cooking over there. You got oh. a, you're cooking a, a spatchcock. <laughs> we're we're going to do some spatchcock. Yeah, what is spatchcock? Because your wife told me about that, and I said, well, that sounds pretty nasty, and I can't wait to see. Well, <laughs> it's only fitting that you're here, Charlie, us being spatchcocking, and you can make fun of everybody that's going to show up later, because I think there's like 10 or so people that are showing up also for spatchcock, and uh, so you can make fun of them all. But, uh, so, you know, no, we're going to spatchcock a turkey. I'm doing a dry run today, so I'm going to spatchcock a turkey for Thanksgiving. What is what is spatchcock? So, it's or where you, you take the bird and you remove the backbone and you basically flatten it out. It, what it does is it just it cuts down the, the cooking time. So, instead of there being like a giant hole in the middle that has to heat up, in the, uh, it's, everything's flattened out. Here, let me just go get I'm gonna it and I'll go- show no, it No, I you. saw it with the big neck bone sticking up like a giant penis. But I'm going to Google spatchcock to see where this thing originated from. Spat- Look, at it comes right up. Such spatchcock a word. Tur- I know, right? It's got to be German, is my guess. Yeah, because they're into some funky shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen stuff with bowling pins. <laughs> bowling pins. <laughs> Hopefully it's like the mini German, version. The German's like, woof. But those Greek, man. <laughs> Bowling pin? What in the world? Yeah, you don't. You don't want to know. 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 (laughs) Definitely not googling that. Just look at the one end. (laughs) So this is a spatchcock turkey. So I removed the backbone. So the backbone is right next to you. Yeah, but I don't think the neck is supposed to be there like that, is it? (laughs) Well, I like to make things awkward, so I have the neck stuck in between the drumsticks, and it looks like a giant erect penis. So what you've done here? You've split it down the back. (laughs) Oh, you think that's big? (laughs) <laughs> in my world it is <laughs> like, if i had something like that i'd be like well i'd show it off but yeah, yeah so you remove the backbone and then you break the pelvis to flatten it out and then you just basically put the whole thing i'm gonna put the whole thing on the grill you can do it in a smoker or you can do it on the grill and it takes about about an hour a little over an hour to do the whole thing to cook it all the way through so basically what you're doing is just you're reducing the cook time by flattening it out because when you leave the whole bird intact, you have like the center part that doesn't get exposed to the heat that keeps everything from cooking on the inside. So by spatchcocking it, you're essentially exposing the entire thing to heat evenly. And you're doing this straight on the, the open fire, right? I'm going to do it on open fire. Yes. That's right. going to be amazing. You know me, man. But I, I still want to know where that term came from. I'm looking, Spatchcocking? I'm going, yeah. I mean, I, I looked it up. I see what it is, but I don't know. I want to know where that term, why they... You know what my wife said before I came over here? What? She goes, <laughs> enjoy your cock. <laughs> Always do. <laughs> I was like, thanks, honey. Butterflying is a way of preparing meat, fish, or poultry for cooking by cutting it almost in two, but leaving two parts connected. Spatchcocking is a specific method for butterflying poultry that involves removing the backbone, like you said. And spatchcock is a noun that may refer to a bird prepared in that way. Sweet. Doesn't really tell me. Okay. Anyways. Well, oh looks well. amazing. Can't wait. You know, now we have a big, you know, raw, uncooked bird on the on the table. 
guys should see this. It looks pretty good. I mean, it's raw and just covered in spices, and but it looks. Uh, I can't yeah, wait for it to yeah. be cooked. And, it's gonna be. It's gonna be delicious. Yeah. So we're gonna have a bunch of people over later. Mike, you're definitely invited. God, I appreciate that. I'm yeah, also cooking a brisket. Doctor so. Bob's cooking is pretty amazing. I'm doing another brisket. I'd say Doctor Bob's cooking has drastically improved over the last couple of years. It is good lately. Lately, lately. Man, I've had improved. your barbecue and shit for like past couple of years, maybe. It's been yeah, pretty, but been pretty so damn good. The brisket, you haven't had my brisket. Um, the stuff I, the last time you came out to the cooking trailer, mm-hmm. that was pre-cooked brisket. That was store bought. So this one, I'm actually oh, cooking myself. You oh, dude, lied to me. I know. Oh, I've I know. dated men like you. <laughs> You were telling everybody you smoked that brisket. Like, yeah, like, man. Like, they're like, like smoked and sliced. They're like Sam's. Yeah, they're like, how'd you get this slice so thin? Oh, you know, I got one of those electric slicers. Sharp knife. Yeah. Oh, you're full of crap. Does really well. That's a good job. So have you started selling the brisket at your uh, oh, taco yeah. stand? Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, it goes really, really fast. His, a, his Asian taco stand. Is it uh, in tacos? Yeah, I put it in. Yeah. I cut it up and put it in tacos. Huh. What does a brisket taco go for? Uh, two tacos for. I raised the price. Five dollar. Two dollar? tacos, a drink, and a bag of chips for nine dollars. Wow, it's the most expensive thing that I have. But that's not a bad deal. No, no, and it's. I mean, it's it's enough food. You know, something you might consider is doing the stuffed uh, poblano peppers with the brisket. That's too much work. See, you're thinking you're thinking too complicated. The whole purpose of the the cooking trailer that I have is to keep everything simple. So, like, if somebody orders something, you come up, you're like, "Hey, I want to order this." It, it takes me like, I can get it out really, really quick. This is a, like a roping event where these guys come off their horses. They want to eat something now and get back on the roping, so yeah. they don't have time to, you know, hey, plebano pepper me a <laughs> a, a spatchcock uh, brisket. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I may, I don't know. I may, we'll see how this goes. Uh, we may have some turkey tacos on this Wednesday. So did you roast this, you cook it in the oven like you would normal turkey, You can, right? but I'm going to cook this on the grill. Well, right. But yeah. so spatchcocking is just the procedure it, it, of splitting it open like that and taking the backbone out. Right. And so on the oven, the things I've read, it, sh- it should take the same amount of time, about an hour and probably about an hour 15, between an hour and 15 and an hour and 30 minutes. As opposed to, you know, taking a raw turkey and what does it usually take in the oven? Like hours upon hours. A uh, new wave oven. Depends on, depends on the size. Yeah. Course, yeah, usually a big one in the oven, 12 hours. I mean, you know, this is 18. 18- the, the gay guy would say that, right? <laughs> this is an 18 pound turkey. <laughs> So, Bob, let's talk about Thanksgiving a little bit. You've got a, quite the event coming oh, up oh next my. week. Oh, yeah. Oh Bob has a very <laughs> uh, interesting, very family. interesting, lively, fun family. Oh, yeah. They're they're a lot of fun. They're great have you group. met their family? Yes, oh, in, have, in okay. various parts. Okay. So, I've met your brother and his kids, mm-hmm. who are a handful and lots of Don't you have like comments. 16 people coming? Yeah. So, <laughs> it'll be myself. Bridget, Bridget's parents, my aunt, my Chinese aunt, uh, my mother, my Chinese brother, his Mexican wife, and their half-breed children, and then my sister, her wife, and their two twins. Who are awesome, by the way. Who are, yeah, they're they're cool. They're pretty cool kids. They're almost five. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, so that'll be fun. 
be 17 people. So you got six people from my brother, my aunt. Eight, 18. Hold on. I'm coming too. Oh, you're coming? <laughs> Sweet. Charlie's sneaking in. Yeah. I remember my uh, boyfriend just broke up with me, so I'm coming over. <laughs> hey, that's worse for me. It's time for me, man. Uh, It'll be a good time here, we, Charlie. Yeah, we all- sure, Are you going to be here? No, I'm heading down to Houston. Oh, okay. We welcome all creeds and colors, Charlie. We are a discrimination-free zone. Now, <laughs> that doesn't Mike. mean my mother won't ask you <laughs> a bunch of random devil. questions. You know, my mother may, may call you a white devil. Sorry. <laughs> well, Bob, I'm looking for. I'm hope. I hope there's gonna be some drama we could talk about after Thanksgiving. Well, you never know what'll happen. I mean, we're we're eight, we're we're Chinese, so we will all go to the casino afterwards. Mom will stay at the penny slots for an hour and a half, drinking beer. My brother will be at like the roulette table. I'll be doing something. I don't know. I haven't been to the casino since I quit drinking, so I don't even know what it'll be like. It's been almost two years since I've been to the casino. Are you serious? Like on Thanksgiving Day, your whole family's going. Yeah, to the we'll casino? eat. We'll eat and we'll go to the casino. Really? They got no. They got hotels. They got hotels Thanksgiving night. Is that why they're coming to your house? Because you're yeah. closest to the casino. They're, co- <laughs> <laughs> they're That's coming. Hilarious. Here. Originally, the original plan was we were going to rent a house on on the lake, and uh, they couldn't get one. And I was like, "Well, just stay in my house. Like, who cares? Like, just stay in my house, and we'll go." Because they wanted to be close to the casino. So those those of you who don't know, uh, Bob's place is right on that Texas Oklahoma border, and up yeah. in Oklahoma, uh, you can gamble on the Choctaw, whatever they are, Indian yeah. lands. You're yeah. like uh, what twenty minutes from Windstar Casino. Yeah. Not very far at all. Yeah, it's yeah. just hilarious. Yeah. And when I used to drink, man, I would I would like during the summer when I'd be off, like I would go to the casino every Monday and just like hang out there and just you know just drink and play cards or something. You know, I never really won a whole lot of money except for this one time where Terry and I went and I won like, you know, 2,500 bucks. Stumbled in the door like 6 a.m. Bridget was pissed. I'm not allowed to go to the casino anymore. I mean, just on myself. Remember last time we went to the casino? (laughs) (laughs) I drank way too much. The next morning, I pull all these receipts out of my pocket where I was pulling 400 bucks a pop. Out of the ATM. Oh, my God. I'd spent like $2,000 that night. Oh, yeah. my God. I just, it was a bad night. Was that my fault? No, you actually left halfway through. And then I found these random people hanging out. And then I got lost in the parking lot somehow. It just got weird. <laughs> I made it back. Did, did you win anything? Or <laughs> no. Was <this> all... <laughs> no, I do that three-card poker. Oh I put everything God. on that, uh, that extra... The bonus pot. Yeah. Thinking I was going to hit that 40 to 1. It never hit. It just never hit. They saw you coming. <laughs> that one time that I went to Winstar and I won that 2500 bucks is because I hit that 40 to 1. But oh. it, I played it all night. All night I'd been playing it. And then it hit one time. It does hit. I've seen yeah, it hit. Yeah. It'll hit. And I was like, the little alarm went off. And like everybody had to stop. And they had to bring out and bring me the purple chips. Like, so, not black purple um, those thousand dollars I, I, I had a friend that played put like 50 cents in or something like that and hit twenty five thousand oh. on slots yeah i just wanted it to happen to me once just, just win like a shitload of money and yeah. then i don't know what i would do with it i'd probably just blow it all so what's the attraction to that bob i just don't i know i have no self-control and i just lose much money doing it but from your mindset do you see it like as math or a game i'm just what pulls you guys? When you say you casino. guys, do you mean Asians? 
Well, yes, you said your family likes casinos because they're Asian. I mean, I'm just saying what you said. So what? 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 What's the the deal there? I don't know. It's just exciting. It's fun. Like maybe you could. That's kind of the same for know, everybody. Though, take five it? bucks like, and win a win win yeah. a, win a couple thousand. You know, it's it. It's, it's the, we, the thrill of yeah. what if, what if, what yeah, if. What That's if. why you see so many people like lose their welfare checks out there because. I know I'm going to make it rich. You know, they just keep dumping well, everything they own into it and nothing happens. I think those people have an addiction. Well, that's like, true too. I think my family, we're just, we're just Chinese and we like, <laughs> we like, to, we like to gamble. Like, but it's just the excitement of being able to, you know, maybe go in with a hundred bucks and come out with 200. And if you lose a hundred bucks, big deal. You, you had fun. That's the way I look at it is like, I had a good time. I had fun. I would gladly pay. A hundred bucks just to hang out with my friends and play cards. It is gladly. a good time, just BS. Yeah, yeah. I would gladly do that, especially like um, in Vegas where like the drinks, alcohol is free. Yeah, I would gladly pay just to hang out and drink and play cards with my friends. It was cool. You trying to teach me? I'm a tough, tough learn though. I mean, like you're a numbers guy, so I figured you would you would appreciate like the statistics behind you know blackjack. Yeah, but I just I just want that big number. I want I want that big hit. It just doesn't happen. You know who's uh crazy at playing blackjack is Terry. Terry will go up. Okay, so you're playing blackjack, Charlie. Okay, dealer throws you two kings. What do you do with it? Hold it. Okay, he splits them. Okay, he splits his kings. Okay, always. If he gets two face cards, he split them always. Like it doesn't matter what the dealer has, he'll split them no matter what. And I'm like Terry, please stop. Because, like, every time I see him do it, he loses. Well, Terry goes by his own drummer, as we know. He's one of a kind. Yeah, I don't know and, the stats uh, behind the blackjack, but, I mean, if you dealt me two kings, I think I'd hold. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. And, That's I mean, a, it also depends on what, like, dealer has. So, like, if the dealer oh, yeah, is showing, like, a two or a three, then, yeah, go ahead and split them. Right. But, like, if the dealer's showing, like, an eight or seven or above, he's like, just hold. Just stay with it. Uh, if you're showing something low, sure. Then I can see the say, I can see the the kind of glare of why you would split them up. But I'm 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 more of like a, I'm I'm conservative Chinese man. I just want I just want to take the win and and get out. So Charlie, what's what's next for you in life? Sounds like you've got some things changing. And <sighs> well, um, I just built a house, uh, sold my place in March, and and uh, bought 14 and a half acres up here and. and Built a log house and pipe fencing, uh, which if you don't know, if you know anything about fencing and pipe fencing, it is a huge expense. Um, barn, shop, uh, got four horses, a couple white donkeys. Um, yeah, so um, I, I don't know. Every day now is just, uh, you know, was in a relationship for six years and that just kind of suddenly came to an end and uh so now it's back to you know who is charlie and i'm not gonna cry over this i mean you know I've, I'm, I'm too old for this crap anyway um i never want to be, be in a position where you know you are so much my life that if i blink i miss you you know it's right. just like no i i'm not doing that again. that makes me want to vomit yeah it does it does you know it's like when you're 20 <clears throat> You know, you, that feeling of love and everything, it's great, but, you know, it changes over the years, even if uh, you're with somebody. And my partner was significantly, significantly younger than me. Um, so some of this, I can't say, was not my fault and I didn't see this coming. But uh, regardless, 
I'm just living my life, doing what I want to do and picking up the pieces and going on and doing what I got to do. And uh, that's it. So can we talk a little bit about this log cabin? So yeah. is it is it actual logs? Like It's a cedar siding, um, so it looks like logs. And it's, it's real wood. The interior is all knotty pine, ceiling, walls, everything. Oh, wow. um, the floor is a vinyl plank, looks like old barn wood. Um, but everything inside the house is wood, pine. Um, it just kind of reminds me of a, a ski resort that I'm living in. Does and, it have uh, that smell? Kind of a it does. It does. It's actually built off-site. Um, it's not a manufactured home by no means. It is a custom-built stick home. It's just built off-site. Uh, we picked out one of the floor plans and we rearranged it. So uh, everything was built from the ground up. And then they bring it in two halves, put a cement slab down, and they set it up on the slab. So, you know, it sounds like a manufactured home, but it's not. And a lot of people can't wrap their head around that. It's a kit. It's not a kit not at a kit. all. No, okay. they're... These these cookie cutter neighborhoods you see out, you know, in Frisco and all that, those are more of a kit because they'll build like those trusses for those homes. They'll build 50 of them and then bring them to the neighborhood and throw them up. But this house was built stick by stick, you know, just built indoors. So when you say the cedar, like it's siding on the outside or is it round like logs? It, it's it's rounded. It's like, you know, they'll, they'll shave the, the cedar down. So it is rounded. So it looks like it's it looks like a real log home. So is it? Do you have to seal it? I guess you. Put yeah, yeah, you do. I've got some pictures here I could show you, but yeah, it is sealed. It's stained, and then it's sealed, um, and then the interior, like the cabinets, uh, are pine and with a cedar trim, so it kind of offsets. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Speaking of cedar, <laughs> so we uh, we went duck hunting uh, yesterday. We did pretty good. I mean, we, as far as the number of shots we took, we took 20 shots on two. We killed two ducks. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool looking, Charlie. Yeah, I like it. Can I <laughs> see? Yes. Oops. Oh, yeah, that is cool. Uh, so you killed two ducks. Did you bring one so I could spatchcock it? <laughs> you just want to spatchcock things. I just want to spatchcock things. Yes. But the funny thing is, I, you know, I'm highly. Spatchcock your duck. <laughs> I'm highly allergic to cedar. <laughs> But so, and I cut down cedar trees in my backyard and built this duck blind out of cedar limbs. But you're allergic to cedar. And so the whole morning, I'm like, got cedar limbs in my face, and I'm just. Why would you? What a moron am I? Why would you build it out of cedar if you're allergic to cedar? Well, cedar holds up for a duck blind pretty well, you know. But uh, yeah, it's not good for my nose, but it works fantastic. So Bob, hopefully you're just not BSing me. We'll get you out there. Can you shoot some? Can quackers. you take a Claritin? No, I, I'm very sensitive to the medicines. It gives me a heart, like a fast heart rate. Really? Mm -hmm. God, you poor thing. Like, yeah, I've got a sensitive system. You're so sensitive. I, I am. Gonna say. It's going to fall apart any moment. Oh, Jesus. Poor Don't do that, Mike. <laughs> Don't do that, Mike. Uh, what are you doing Saturday morning? This Saturday? Yeah. I'm going to be in Houston with my father trying to struggle through some sort of Thanksgiving situation. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let's show you that real quick. That is cool, man. But the weekend after that, okay. After that, I'm wide open for two months. All right, so we're gonna plan on it. So not this weekend, but next weekend. Pre duck hunt podcast, and then a post duck hunt podcast. I'm spending the night at your house. 
because here's what I'm not doing. I'm not waking up at three in the morning to drive to your house. That shit ain't happening. Where do you go duck hunting at? Uh, Mike's got a place out next to his house. Right? Yes. Um, I don't think he wants to. I don't, don't want to go into the details. Right. But he's, got a, he's got a honey hole. He's like, got a honey hole. Yeah, it's pretty good. People drive a long way from Fort Worth to go duck hunting, but uh, I think I know where you're talking about. Pretty good duck hunting, pretty close to to the Fort Worth area. Yeah, because they're coming down that flyway. There's some go- good horse trails out there too. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, we've hunted where about. you're talking about, but uh, <laughs> we, we've moved from that place. Oh, okay, out, out from Decatur, so we're yeah. really even closer now. Okay, uh, but we're mobile. Uh, hunt out of the boat, but now we do blinds. It's uh it's pretty dang good. You know what's funny is last weekend we were out there. Well, I guess yesterday. Yeah, some of these duck hunters they love calling, and they just call nonstop. And then you call the duck hunters, you quack, 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 and they think you're a duck, and they're calling back and forth. So it's just two duck hunters calling <laughs> each other. <laughs> and the ducks are like, what are these morons doing? So do you even do you even call when you're out there? I do, but I don't I don't call just randomly. I'll, I'll wait till I see a duck, and then, then I'll try to make them turn, which I, I made a few turns, so that was pretty cool. That actually works? Yeah. I know nothing about hunting. Yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah, really? You ever deer hunt or anything? No. Um, I'm, I'm no, I don't hunt. I, I'm not in, I mean, I understand deer hunting, but I just, I'm not an animal killer. You poor guy. I know. You let other people kill the animal and then cook it for you? Kind (laughs) of. I mean, that's, that's understandable. I, I mean, I get it's, you know, the pop deer population is crazy and it's people hunt for, uh, you kill what you eat. I just don't do it. I don't know. I don't, I have no interest in. Like when I last time I went fishing, I was four years old, and my dad said, "Shut up and sit down." <laughs> so maybe that's got something to do with it. Deep seated anger. I there. think that might have ruined it for you, because like Mike's dad. I mean, I don't know if you know, but when Mike will talk about his dad, there's this like this feeling of intense, just like what's the word I'm looking for animosity like you know let me tell you i'm hanging out with my dad <laughs> and my dad looks at me and says son you're stupid it's like oh here we go again dad <laughs> so but like well mike did you duck hunt with your dad no my dad didn't teach me anything as far as a lot of things what are duck some things or automotive or- what are some things that you and your dad used to do together uh the only thing we could do together that we got along is read motorcycle magazines okay that was it. That was it. There was a lot of, a lot of anger, <laughs> but we could sit down and talk about motorcycles. And I think, and I brought that up because, you know, I'm a, I'm an amateur psychologist, and I like to, you know, look at relationships between people and their parents, and like look at things that people like to do now, and ask them, you know, was this something that you were able to do with one of your parents? And well, Mike. Mike is kind of like a motorcycle. You're a motorcycle guy. You like motorcycles. I do enjoy motorcycles. And I think that might be something that comes stems from his childhood, such as, you know, also, for example, like my brother. My brother loves fishing. That dude will fish all damn day. And I think it's because that was one of the few things him and my father could do. Yeah, no, I could relate. And so he passed that on to his children. So his kids, they all love fishing. Like me, I could care less about fishing. Yeah. I don't care. I'm I don't think I have uh anything with my dad <laughs> as far as hmm. yeah, my dad nuts? my dad was no, he was a sports nut. He was a lefty pitcher in the minor leagues. Um 
He was an MP in the Army. Nothing that I really relate to. Uh-huh. Um, Who knows? Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't no, know. No, I think you're you're right. I think there is some of that, you know, but I don't know. Well, last week, Michael, we were supposed to do a second half to that episode. We never did. So I would like to update everyone that I did get a buck in the evening hunt. It was the same uh, the same buck that on uh, that video that I put out of those two small bucks fighting, you know, the big, same guy? the big buck came out of the background. It was him. Same buck. So I just sent his uh, head off to be cleaned and, and mounted. Can I ask you something about that, Bob? Just sure. a terminology thing. Something that bogs me about deer hunters is, is they label a deer as their deer. Like, oh, that's my deer. Mm-hmm. That's my deer. And it just seems like a... I mean, they're all God's deer. They're not our deer, right? Do you, when you shoot a deer. It's, all, it's God's oh, water, man. Nobody yeah, owns okay. the water. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but when you shoot a deer, do you do you say that's like my deer? Is that like, a, like an ownership type thing? It's not God's deer. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. But go ahead. It's just the terminology just throws me off. Did I say it was my deer? Oh. Well, I'm not necessarily you, but you know when deer hunters say, oh, that's that's my deer. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't use that. I usually say, I, this is a, this is a buck that I took or like, this is, I never say like, that's my deer. I don't that that ever, to me sounds just, more yeah. like a, a macho thing. Yeah. With guys. It's kind of like, like a, especially hunting. Uh, yeah, like a straight breeder type deal. Right. Am I using that term? No, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Breeder, but I don't know what that no, means. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't segregate it into something like that. I I'm think trying it's to just use a, gay terminology. So <laughs> I think I'm failing. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I think, I think it's just, I don't, it's just, uh. I think it's just a macho. I mean, I have, I have friends that are hunters that are gay. They, they probably use the same terminology, but I think it's just that's just a macho thing. It's yeah. just a pet peeve. That's it's my deer. That's my deer. I've never heard anybody say that. That's my deer. Like, are we talking about time. when they're alive or when the deer is dead? When they're alive or dead. When they're alive or dead? I don't. I don't know. Anyways, let's move on. So, well, is it uh, brisket time? It is. Uh, it is getting to be brisket time. So we're about to head outside and remove a brisket that is cooking currently on the grill and then put the spatchcock on. Yeah, baby. All right. Well, let's go spatchcock, fellas. Well, Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. It's going to be a group scat- spatchcocking. <laughs> In a circle? Is it a circle, oh, spatchcock? Circle, circle spatchcock? <laughs> okay. Mike, now, do you want me to... Just stop. You want no. To your spatchcock? No. No? No, we're good. Well, Charlie, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm glad you guys have me. Well, not literally, but... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Let's do it next week for something. Bye, y'all. All right. Bye. Bye.